0: have thought england after being obliterated at the hands of australia would at least put up a fight against west indians in the t20 series but they didn't 29 for five after a few overs tells you the story but the real question is why how did they collapse we'll be answering that in this episode on the topic of the ashes we have the post ashes cricket debacle with the police visiting a group of players after they had a drinking session we'll be looking at how bad it really was and the effects it's going to have, and the views of the England team. That wasn't the only interesting cricket-related action there. Glenn Maxwell hit 153 in the Big Bash League in Australia. That is the highest individual score in the Big Bash. And he only hit it off 64 balls, which is a strike rate of over 200. We'll be looking at his role in the Australia team over the last couple of years and into the future. Anyway, without further ado, let's get started. So Vishnu... How did the first uh, England versus West Indies T Twenty go? Could you give us a brief summary of uh, of the score and how it went for England?
1: Yeah, so around so England lost the match. Uh, England scored around hundred and three, and they were all out. And then West Indies chased a, a down uh, with seventeen balls spare and only lost one wicket. And this is a quite terrible batting for England. You know, as as they uh, didn't didn't score many runs and collapsed. And um, although uh, England uh, did collapse, uh, sh- uh, hold- Holder's uh, bowling was quite impeccable as he bounced it and swinging it everywhere so batsmen couldn't really play it.
0: Do you think it was mainly a technical fault for England or was it um, just bowling from West Indies that really shook England and made them go 29 for five?
1: Maybe maybe it might have been a bad day for England, but I really do think the uh bowling was quite good.
0: Yeah, I think if you if anyone's watched highlights or I am actually watched a little bit of live, but it was it was just this consistent back of the length bowling that just completely just confused England. Like, I think if if someone's bowling back of the length to a t twenty, obviously it's not the most comfortable line length to bowl, but. Um, the easy, England's approach was either to come down the wicket and try and slog it over the ring fielders, and they also try to um, stay back and play things like the pull shot. But either way, everything just kept spooning up and was just a clo- it was just um, uh, easy pickings for the close fielders. So, winning, winning extra bounce, like what do you think? What impact do you think that had on England uh, batsmen's like selection, um, uh, shot selection choices?
1: I mean it it because uh Jason Oliver really used a, a new ball quite well. Um it was swinging at first but after it stopped swinging he just went in and hard at the pitch. And um it's basically the the batters were thinking probably to go uh, to go back and hit it. Um well it didn't really work out for them.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um yeah, because obviously if it's full of length, you know you could uh, try and hit with the line of the ball, try and hit it um straighter to to um yeah you know, like you know long off, long on, mm-hmm. and um, yeah you could go through the covers as well uh, over the top, um but obviously if it's back of the length you're restricted because everything's coming towards your like armpit shoulder area and it's just yeah. you could pull it but Jason Holder hasn't exactly got a lot of pace so there's no pace to hit it with either. Yeah, um,
1: it doesn't really give you much space to hit as well.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, then I guess if West Indies chase it down with seventeen balls to spare, no trouble for them. One hundred and three, obviously, is not a very big score. Um, but it was looking like a lot less than that. I think it was twenty nine for five. Sort sure of looking like they would get to maximum like seventy, but um, yeah. it was thank goodness to a partnership from Chris Jordan, Adil Rashid, managed um to stop the route. Obviously, the England are missing some key names like uh, Johnny Bairstow, Ben Stokes, Jofra Archer. Um, even Sam Curran, Tom Curran, but you know they, they England have a huge amount of depth in their white ball team. Like, it's a bit surprising it yeah. collapsed. Do you think that England, like according to the, the the value of the players on their team, do you think it was really expected, or do you think they would have put up more of a fight?
1: No, I think they definitely should have put more of a fight. If you look at the team sheet, Jason Roy you've got Tom Banton, James Vince, and Ian Owen Morgan. You can't really complain with that kind
0: of that uh, sort of team. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, forgetting if we just consider this T20 as like just an odd one out of the way, you know, England's bad performance, they're going to get, they're going to build and play better into team, uh, better into the series and, you know, develop as, as the series goes on. Who do you think's going to be key players for uh, the England squad?
1: Uh, I think uh, that although uh, uh, he didn't play well in this match, I think Banton uh, may be um, a key player in this test, in this match. Uh, and also um, uh, Liam Livingstone, it, uh, when he comes back, um, he he'll he'll be um, very good because he can score runs quickly and hit hard.
0: Yeah, especially I guess um, we need a good batsman to take the role of. Uh, number three, who can accelerate really quickly. Obviously, we had David Milan. He's not playing in the series due to his commitments with the Ashes. But, um, in, you know, he starts with slow, but he scores really quickly. Liam Livingston does not start slow. He starts with sixes and he finishes with sixes. We saw with his yeah. um, uh, spectacular 100, uh, I think it was a few months ago, um, He's Liam Livingstone's got that power, that England need. How about in terms of bowlers? You know, we England I think there's like four left arm bowlers in England squad. I think David Payne, uh Timer Mills. Do you think any of them could have an impact or any other bowlers?
1: I think Timer Mills is one like one of them with war pace and can easily shock the opponent. So I think Timer Mills could be a, a very good um,
0: yeah, but do we really have anyone who can do something similar to what the West Indies did? You know, uh, a bowler who can bowl that back of the length, you know, trouble the batsman constantly. Because when England bowled to West Indies, they only lost one wicket, and they managed to chase 103 down with 17 balls to spare. Sort of suggesting that England couldn't really, you know, didn't really make use of the uh, the, the the fact that the pitch was uh, leaning towards the bowlers.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Geoff Archer would be quite good for this, but I guess he was injured, so. Couldn't
0: do much. Yeah, that's true. How about the West Indies? You know, we've talked about England's batting collapsing, and but obviously it was. We've. It's pretty clear that it's mainly very good West Indian bowling. Obviously, bad batting as well. But in terms of West Indies, um, who do you think will be key players for them throughout the series? You know, uh, maybe one batsman, one bowler. Uh, uh
1: def- definitely. Um, uh, definitely for for West Indies, I think it would be uh, Holder as his bowling was quite uh, amazing in the last match.
0: Yeah, no. And,
1: and also, for one of the batsmen, I think, the opener, I think it was Brandon King. He was he was quite well and he kind of kept kept uh, the the opening together.
0: Yeah, Brandon King. I think he scored a 50. He's been around the West Indian team for a while now. Um, he, everyone, I think for West Indian um, fans will know him as like a future talent, but they haven't seen very much of him, you know. I think it's his second T20 fifty, but um, hopefully this can playing against a pretty good England team. Obviously, did bat well. I think you can give him a, a boost of confidence, and hopefully, he can score a lot more T20 fifties as an opener. I think he's yeah. he'd, be, he'd be sort of replacing um, the position of. Uh, he wouldn't. Uh, you could say he's replacing the position of Chris Gale in a way, but um, I, you know, there's no one who has that you know exactly six hitting ability of Chris Gale. But um, yeah, so. Obviously, England lost the first one, so they can't win the series 5-0. But um, what would you say your series predictions are? Like, What, what would you say, um, what do you think the outcome is going to be of the series? Um,
1: but personally, uh, even though this after the Ashes and after this, uh, this will be a big blow to their confidence. But although England England always have the ability to come back.
0: So yeah. I feel like the,
1: the thing would be, uh, the series prediction should be 3-2 to England
0: three two to England cool so it's gonna be tight it's not going to be obviously west indies' uh, t20 ranking is i don't personally i feel like it's not deserved, deserved of their ability and obviously their you know um uh, previous you know uh, wins of like 2016 World Cup and things like that but um yeah I, I also i think for me as well it'd probably be the same thing three two to England England will be because of the depth of England team um, they will be the stronger. They'll probably be uh, the stronger team throughout the entire series, and we'll look at this as more of a blip in uh, performances rather than a you know continuous um, run of events. But um, obviously, white ball, red ball, separate. We hopefully this doesn't this in, uh this um, match does not translate into low scores and poor batting from England throughout this series. Considering we've got the T Twenty World Cup Twenty Twenty Two in Australia. Uh, sorry, yes, in Australia, in Australia this year. Um, yeah we don't want to have low scores uh, yeah i think 3-2 seems likely seems most likely um to anyone listening uh what do you think the outcome of the west uh, west indies england t20 series will be you can put your um predictions in the comments below if you're listening on youtube if you're enjoying this episode so far please don't forget to like and subscribe yeah we can go on to the next topic which is the um big bash and glenn maxwell's 153 off 64 which was the highest individual score in the Big Bash. Uh, I think the second highest is like Marcus Stoinis, 143. and uh, third is like Matthew Wade, something around 130. And the real shocking thing is off only 64 balls, meaning he had a strike rate of, I think, around 240, something like that, which is actually incredible. Um, like it, It's well known how good Glenn Maxwell is, but he's had a bit, in terms of international cricket, he's been quite on and off. What do you feel about um, Glenn Maxwell, Vishnu?
1: Um, I feel uh, quite similar, to be honest. Uh, but Gwen, Gwen Maxwell is, uh, uh, although he plays quite well in domestic and uh, B- uh, BBL, he's in- international, as you could see from the previous World Cup. He was very inconsistent and wasn't able to um, like hold the Australian team together. What he should be doing is the number four or five, and wasn't able to get the runs quickly.
0: Yeah, we know he's got loads of inventive shots, and you know, he's a, he's a pretty three sixty degree hitter, and he's got a lot of power. But what do you what do you think? Is there anything he could do to um, improve his consistency, or is it more of like a mental thing? You know, work on getting that confidence back and putting a string of scores together. Yeah, I,
1: I think it's more of a confidence issue
0: than a ability issue. Yeah. So. Uh, in terms of his role in the Australian uh, limited over team, you say he's a yeah he is a four four number four number five batsman. Would you in let's start with ODI's? Would you view him as more of a you know adding power to the attack? Um, uh, sorry, the, the, adding power to the batting. Um, would you say he's a would, you, would he be like you know come in score as quickly as possible? You know get out. It's fine if you get out because we've got people um you know later. Or would you say he's more of a holding role? You know just try and keep the scoreboard ticking. But then, um, base the the lower part of the innings based around him. What do you feel?
1: I feel like um, he's uh, in in ODI especially. He's uh, he he normally only really plays well when the team has played well. So uh, I I would feel like he's he's more of a person to just come in and uh, around the last 15, 20 overs and to just get quick runs.
0: Yeah. So so he needs like more of a platform for him to start scoring. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, how about bowling wise? Because he bowls off spin. Um, I've seen him bowl in the T20s. Uh, does he bowl? in the, do you think he has a as an, a bowler in the ODIs? Do you think he could uh bowl like ten overs or bowl a few overs? How do you feel his bowling, his off spin? Uh, his
1: off spin is um, I I I've never really uh, looked at him off spin to be honest. So I, maybe he can have a few overs in the middle just to like get rid of a few overs.
0: Yeah. I think most people talk about his batting and his like inventive shots, but his uh, off spins a bit less well known. T uh, yeah. twenties wise, it's pretty similar, but um batting in T twenty, obviously everyone has to, you know, when you come out you can take a few balls to set in like four, five, six balls max, but after that you've got to start to get going. But um Glenn Maxwell, would you say he's more of a uh, you know, go around seven, eight runs and over, just um allow the other batsman to come in and smack and uh just to get out or would you say he's the one who's doing the smashing trying to go as like 200 plus strike rate
1: i feel like he's the one who's smashing and going 200 plus uh strike rate he also uh his, his uh like uh kind of position in the squad is to try hold the uh if there is a collapse try hold the team together which he's not really been uh, doing
0: yeah no i agree i think he's his batting style is suited more to power smashing but rather than you know holding innings together um uh i think his bowling he's done more bowling in t20s um well, he's more of a he does more of the um he opens the bowling sometimes with someone like mitchell stark or uh pat cummins just to um especially if the pitches is, is um assisting the spinners he will just come in ball early and generally a batsman at the start of a t20 innings will obviously you want to smack it, but then they'll find using the pace of the ball for a pacer easier to hit rather than a spinner. So they're generally a bit more tentative so he can get his overs done um get his four overs or three overs bowled pretty quickly and with a less economy. I think Moe Nally is an example as well. Moe Nally sometimes bowls in the power play uh, and he gets his he will have a pretty low economy of like four or five. Um so what do you what do you really think makes Glenn Waxwell really good? Like what is his main attribute that would put him as like a main player person in the Australian limited overs team
1: well he is he's quite he's quite a talkative in the field he's very like upbeat uh and also um and also like he's just a generally all good all-rounder he's he's just always like always even though he doesn't he's not as consistent he always has his big moments which can just very useful sometimes
0: yeah no I agree um would you compare him to anyone in uh I don't know the England team or uh, the India team um, do you think there's someone like that in um, any of the other uh, big four teams?
1: Mm, no, not really.
0: Not really. No, I think we could say Ben Stokes, but obviously he's a pace bowler, but he has his big moments. Uh, in the New Zealand team, no, I think New Zealand for me, New Zealand team is one of the most consistent teams. Obviously, all teams will just collapse and score like sub 200 um, if it's like ODI's, you know a sub 200 um, but uh, and T20 is, you know 100, 110, 120 but I think New Zealand are uh, very consistent um, yeah so Glenn Maxwell has his main attributes are his power hitting you know his up being as Vishnu said um, yeah I think he's a real asset to the Australian team if he can work on his consistency I think the latter parts of his career will be a lot more um, you know will be more successful but um, yeah he's Everyone knows Glenn Maxwell and everyone knows how good he is. Uh, I think the next topic would be the post-Ashes drinking debacle. So if anyone who doesn't exactly know the full details, because it is a bit confusing because there's a lot of different reports, uh, what exactly happened was a group of Australian-England players involving Joe Root, Jimmy Anderson, Travis Head, Alex Carey, to name a few, I think it was a couple of others, like Nathan Lyon as well, they were... Um, Actually, um, told to go back to bed and to um exit the uh, hotel bar that they were saying, um, because there was a noise complaint. Uh, this is about six a.m. Australian time. Uh, yeah. So if you if you just look at it like that, you know, it looks pretty shocking. You know, um, especially considering police were involved and it's a six a.m. But Vishnu, do you think it's really that bad? Was there anything more involved to the story?
1: No, I don't think it's just the It's just like after long. After like a month of hard work, I think it's okay, but however, um, it is quite wrong to, to be making a lot of noise and disturbing other people.
0: Yeah, I think the fact that it's finished at ten thirty, um, sorry, the uh, test match finished at ten thirty p.m. and the you know, players were dressing until uh, around one a.m. means that you know it's not it's only a few hours more. So for them, obviously, they they would be enjoying their time. Um, I think. A lot of it's been portrayed in the media as you know, oh my god, uh England look, they've lost the Ashes series horribly, they battered so badly, you know, they're celebrating. But people have got to realise that, you know, they of course they're gonna be they're in Australia. A lot of them a lot of the players, it's their first Ashes series. Um, they're gonna be celebrating. Obviously Joe Root Jamie Anderson, they've they've had I think I know Joe Roots had been in three Ashes series at least. Um so they've had more experience, but they're just, it's just a friendly, you know, these are cricket teams. They're, not, uh, they're just enjoying their time in Australia, especially the England players. I think the second part of the whole issue, the, the debacle is that um, Graeme Thorpe, the England batting coach, and who was actually the head coach for that test well, because um, Chris Silverwood was isolating uh, following testing pos- positive for COVID. Um, uh, Graeme Thorpe uh, was actually uh, smoking in the hotel um, and apparently that had something to do with the uh, whole uh, the, uh, the police incident um, the details aren't exactly clear but uh, obviously smoking in a hotel hotels shouldn't really be smoking at um, in terms of just morally it's obviously wrong what, um, what Graham Thorpe did but in terms of actual uh, related to cricket how do you think it's going to have an impact on the way uh, England fans in, uh, view the England team
1: um I think that uh, that they lose a bit of respect for them uh, because after in for England's fans, they just want victory. So then uh, they would be like very like disgusted how they're celebrating after such a bit huge loss.
0: Yeah, no, of of course they obviously losing the Ashes, and then um, straight after this whole drinking and smoking issues. I think it's just a combination of you know first we England can't perform well, and then now we're not. Um, now the England team aren't like, you know, sort of uh, those like respectable people as such. Obviously, it's a small issue and it's not involving the entire squad. But um, I think it really like we're in the uh, view of the England uh, players and it just it just it just has some sort of like a bad taste in your mouth. You know, oh, my God, they they won, they lost the series. They completely let down the fans who stayed up, woke up at like midnight or 4 a.m. to to watch watch them play. And then now they've just come and, you know, started playing. Um, you know in terms of public publicly just not being good people but anyway it's not i don't think i think realistically you can't take it too seriously because the drinking thing is fine you know we can't exactly stop them from celebrating or relaxing but um, i think the smoking thing isn't exactly wanted it's not the right timing you know why you know it's just it's just making things worse than they already are um yeah on the subject of the Ashes and you know, just, um, the England's bad performances, do you think anyone in the T20 squad um, for the West Indies England uh, series has a chance of you know showing how good they are and possibly actually um, uh, getting themselves a test call up? Anyone or anyone who's not in the test teams at the moment?
1: Um, maybe I'm uh, um... No, I don't really think so. Maybe uh, Sam Billings. Mm, no one else, really.
0: Yeah, I guess Sam Billings has had that one off test last, or the fifth test, because uh, uh, Josh Butler and Johnny Best are both injured. Uh, I How about, uh, I guess, Tyler Mills has had, um, he's actually stopped playing uh, Red Bull cricket for counties because of, I think, he had some back uh, uh, yeah. stress fracture. So he's not really going to be in it. Uh, I guess you could, um, possibly hint people like Sakib Mahmood uh, who's um, he's a uh, thinks around 27, is a pace bowler, and he's not exactly crazy fast, but he's he can bowl like 87 miles an hour regularly. Um, yeah, but is, is England's issue do England really want more batsmen or bowlers or both? Like, what do you feel? Like, obviously, we know that batting is horrible, but do you think England we're going to need more bowlers as well? Because in order to make sure that even if their batting collapses in test matches, um, they can actually have a bowling attack who can sort of, you know, make uh, sure I actually mean, reduce the impact.
1: I mean, for for, for test matches, it's, it's it's. I feel like it's more even though it is a lot of bowlers' game, the batters without the batting team, the bowlers really mean nothing, because um, because after like a, like a long like uh, session, the bowlers retired. and then if the batting just collapses quickly, they have to be back on the field much faster. And then it just it just doesn't go well for the bowlers again.
0: Yeah, I guess um, obviously if even if we even if the bowlers get the let's say if if we collapse to England collapse to around 70, 80 all out, then the bowlers do their best and restrict Australia to three hundred all out. That's a two hundred and forty runs that England need to even uh, even it up. So the batting wise, if, if even if England's uh, bowlers do their best job they can, batting wise we need to have solid batsmen. If you enjoy this episode, please like and subscribe if you're on YouTube, and share with anyone you know who likes cricket. Because the more the merrier, the more people listen, the, the more people enjoy it. That's it from t- uh, that's it for us today. Uh, thank you Vishnu uh, for joining me in this episode, and yeah, see you in the next one.